Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. title for a series because I don't know if you know this or not, every organisation, every household, every place you go to has a culture. It has a culture. And the best organisations, they work on it, they know about culture and they set the tone and that's what we're doing at Arena Church. I know this is going out on podcasts as well, but we want to set a culture. Those that don't think about the culture of their place still have a culture. Whether they think about it or not, their household, their organization will still have a culture. Some of you know I travel a lot. I'll be on my way to Devon later. And I, when I walk into a hotel, I know immediately how they go with culture. I know immediately what work they put in to their customer service culture. So, for instance, if you walk into a hotel and the guy doesn't even get up from his, his seat at the desk, you know straight away... They might have a culture, but it's not the one they think they have. Equally, I go into some hotels, and the welcome is amazing, and it's deliberate. They work on it. They, they train their staff how to smile at customers. That's a task, isn't it? How to smile at customers. That The customer is not always right, but the customer, you know, his request or their request is always taken seriously. And that's a culture. That's a cultural thing. At Arena Church, we're, we're no different. I, I mean, I go to some hotels, even in the same chain, I know they've set the culture because there's been some some really fine examples. If you're ever in Belfast, stay at the Holiday Inn. The welcome there is amazing. It's really, really good. But I've been to Holiday Inns elsewhere where they barely look at you, barely speak to you. So culture is vitally important, but it's deliberate. If you're not deliberate about your culture, the culture will still be there and it won't be the best culture. So one of those behaviours that we want around Arena Church is one of generosity my title of verse is 1 John 3 verse 1 it says, behold what manner of love the father and one translation says has lavished upon us behold what manner of love the father has bestowed upon us lavished God himself is a generous God you and I are sat here today because of the generosity of God so where does generosity come from what does generosity what was the definition it is literally noble kindness. Now, if you look at the word gentleman and gentlemanly conduct, it's based in the same thing. It's the behavioural expectations of nobility. You think of knights on horseback. Gentlemen, that's where the word gentleman came from. And generosity has the same root. It is noble kindness. It's behaviour is expected of the privileged, but actually it's behaviours we can all undertake. I'm not high-born. I'm working-class born, but I can still be a gentleman. I can still be generous because it's a noble behaviour. You see, true generosity is always, 100% of the time, true generosity is always about the recipient, never about the giver. You see, if you're giving, if you're think you're being generous because you want the plaudits and the applause and the praise for your generosity it's no longer about the recipient it's about you it's about your kudos and sometimes we get those lines mixed we see um, celebrities who are lauded for the the millions they they put into charity that's great that's very kind but if they're doing it in order to receive the thanks it's not generous at all it is self-serving and around every church we want generosity. For instance, Jesus says, 
the, the, those in power in public were giving publicly. They give to a fanfare. And he says they've got their, their reward. Their reward is the headline. So-and-so gave so much. But actually, we, we believe in a real church of the widow's mind. That's generosity. Where does generosity originate? And I know sometimes generosity can be difficult. Generosity can be a challenge. You, you know, you're generous, you help people out. But the truth is, people aren't always thankful, are they? People don't always reciprocate, but that's what generosity is about. We perform generous acts without thinking of the reward or even the reciprocity. It's a big word this time in the morning. But we do it not expecting a return. And you'll see what I mean as we go through this. You see, in Galatians 5, we know that kindness, another word for generosity, is a fruit of the Spirit. So therefore, generosity is a characteristic of God. We are made in his image. And you know, even around this room, there are people here and around the world, around your work, your colleagues, your family, there are people capable of immense kindness and generosity. Unfortunately, we're also tainted by sin. And sin is entirely self-serving. And those are days when generosity is difficult because self takes over and becomes more difficult. But God is generous. Here's some examples. The perfection of creation. If you read the account of creation, the last thing to be created on this earth was you and I. We were last. God put everything in place that we needed, not to be just sustained, but to grow. And as Dave was talking this morning during prayer, to multiply, to be fruitful. God gave us in advance everything we needed before we even arrived. That's generosity. If you read the book of Exodus, God's generosity is shown his provision to the children of Israel. They were disobedient. They whinged. They moaned. They did whatever they liked, but still, every single day, God gave them manna every single day. He gave them quail every single day. And on, before the Sabbath, they got two days' worth. A generous God. And of course, as we've been singing about this morning, the generous God paid our debt. What more generosity can you have that somebody settles your debt for you? Jesus sent to settle our debts. What generosity we have from God. And that verse again starts with, Behold what man of love the Father has lavished upon us that we should be called his children. We don't deserve it. We are undeserving. We are ungrateful at times. We don't thank God. But the truth is, his generosity was such that we should be called his children. And of course, I've just seen Charlie arrive. Charlie carries the DNA of his mum and dad. And you and I, we carry that DNA of God. We are made in his image and we are called his children. So therefore, let's follow the logic. God calls us to people that are generous. In fact, I would go as far to say, and there are lots of generous people who aren't Christians. Okay? So it's not just a Christian characteristic. Everybody on this planet is made in God's image. Generosity is capable from all of us. Unfortunately, the truth of the matter is, I've met some Christians who are the meanest people I've ever met. Not generous. Why is that? Why do we get so self-serving? Even as Christians, we understand. I think there's something we, we forget. Why should we be generous? Well, first of all, as I've already said, it's a reflection of God's character. God himself is generous, and we should reflect that. Colossians 2 verse 9 says, The fullness of God 
is found in Christ and we are complete in him. Jesus was generous to the point of death on the cross, not just obedient, it was generosity. And we are complete in Jesus. So we should reflect and reproduce God's character. Secondly, most importantly maybe, is gratitude. Generosity comes from a place of gratitude. There's an old hymn we used to sing, for all the Lord has done for me, I never will cease to praise him. And when you're concerned, when you're looking at things that are of giving, of being generous, I remind myself, I have to, God, you've done so much for me. You've done so much for me. It's, in, it's reflection of our gratitude for what God has done for us, in us, and of course, through us. But also it's a command. Jesus in Luke 6 says, love your enemies. It's easy to love those who love you. But generosity is you love those who hate you as well. Proverbs 25 says, in doing so, do good. Do good to your enemy. In doing so, you'll heap coals of fire. That's not to destroy. If you read Isaiah, coals of fire were used to purify, not destroy. But love your enemy. Feed him. Look after him. It's a command. We say around Arena Church, it's from the message. It's Proverbs 11:24. The world of the generous gets larger and larger. And the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. We are called, as Christians, to be the most generous people anybody would ever meet. So, how can we be generous? What ways can we be generous? Well, first of all, Dave did hint at it, generous with our wealth. I'm not just talking about tithing. I'm talking about, again, that gratitude, that reflection of what God has given to us. Most Christian families will say grace before a meal. Why? Because we're thankful. Grace is thanking God for the food, thanking God for his provision. And when we are generous with our wealth, it's a reflection of our gratitude for what God has given us. Psalm 24 says, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. So that includes everything in your pocket, everything in your bank account, everything you have is actually God's. And God, for his generosity, has given it to you. So our giving our wealth in generosity is because we reflect gratitude of what God has done for us. Abraham, in Genesis 14, he says, he mentions a, a guy called Melchizedek. This is before tithing even started. Abraham gave because he was reflecting the gratitude of what God had given to him in that chapter. And Melchizedek is mentioned later in the New Testament as a sort of high priest, sort of Jesus, if you like. But Abraham submitted the surplus, the 10% and more, and it was all out of reflection of his gratitude for what God had given him. I mentioned the widow's might in Luke 21. Jesus standing there watching people put things in the offering. Rich men, again with fanfare, dropping big bags of money in, seemingly generous. And then the widow gave two mites. I've been to Romania. They've, they've got something called Bani. I've been to China recently. They've got renminbi. The coinage is worth almost nothing to it. I've been to India. Their rupees are worth almost nothing. Less than a penny their rupees are worth. 
this wood you know, gave all that. And Jesus said, look at that. To a millionaire, 10% is not that much. Because you've got the other 900,000 to play with. But some of the 100 pounds, 10 pounds, is a lot. But yet, generous spirit, a generous giving. And you have to acknowledge the fact, even by living in the UK alone, actually we're in the top 10% of global earners. And that astonish you. You might not think you've got much, but even by living in the UK, you are in the top 10%. I think your net worth has got to be around about 65K. Your net worth, so your, your possessions, your house, everything. You're in the top 10% easily. It's a generosity, reflection of what God has given us. So I'm not going to bang on about tithing or giving, because you need to settle in your own heart. God has given us so much. How can we hold back? And that goes to my next point. Generous with our time and talents. Bill Hybels was, was talking once on a, on a podcast, and he was talking about why he does what he does. And he said, and I'll paraphrase, I don't know his exact, exact words, my saviour gave everything. Jesus gave absolutely everything, even his body, as we've just marked communion. Jesus gave his absolute all for us. He left heaven's glory, gave everything, even to a cruel and painful, torturous death on a cross. He gave everything for us. It was hideous. There's nothing beautiful about the cross in terms of his imagery, but what occurred on that day is the most beautiful thing we'll ever see. And Bill said, how can I hold anything back? How can I hold anything back in the light of what Jesus has done for me? Jesus said in Matthew 5, verse 41, if someone compels you to go one mile, go two. The context of that is the Romans, the ruling class, could pick on any Jew and force him to carry his baggage. And of course, the Romans were hated. And they love your enemy. Jesus was saying, if you're compelled to go one mile with a baggage, double it. Keep going. Take it a bit further. Because we can be generous with our time and talents. It's time given, time spent. We're all busy people. This afternoon I'm going to drive to Devon, straight after this service actually, to, to work tomorrow. It's time. It's my time. And I'm glad I'm here this morning. I'm glad I'm here with you. And it's time. I gladly, I really, I'm not begrudging anybody this, this moment in time. I'm busy. I've got lots on. But this morning, God's given me a voice. God's given me intellect. God's given me the ability to just to, to, to pull things out of his word. And I'm going to repay him by being faithful with my time and talents. How about you? Even attending church. I can tell you, David is so pleased that you're here this morning. He really is pleased. And there's not many here at Belper. Even you turning up, that's you being generous with your time. You're saying, actually, this time's not my own. Remember, the earth is the Lord. Everything in it, that includes time. God, I'm going to give that time back. Serving. Serving in church. Bernie and Faye are here. I just, I just love these guys. They, they come, they, they seem to have retired, but they're as busy as anything in the church. They're a great example to anybody coming across the threshold of any of our campuses that Bernie and Faye come seemingly to step down a bit and relax a bit but they're as busy as anything time given generously helping the team time spent I spent a few moments this week with that guy called Pete and I don't know what's going to go on in his, in his heart 
I don't know the effect of that book is going to have on him. But what I do know, that at some point he's going to stop and he's going to say, that guy has spent some time with me. That guy has spent the price of a book on me. We don't know what the result of that will be. I'm praying that Pete will come, come to Christ. I'm praying that Pete will find fulfillment and find the true meaning of success in his life. That time spent with Pete will have eternal ramifications. He can accept, he can reject. But that time spent with him will have an eternal result. Comforting people. Oh, that's so generous. So the best time I've ever spent with people is actually in the last moments. Uh, I didn't get to see Carl standing before he passed uh, just last week. And I regret that. I do. I'm not going to carry it with me, but I regret not seeing Carl before he passed because spending moments with people at the edge of eternity is one of the best things you can ever do. Comforting people who, who have lost. Comforting people who are, who are sick. Being around people, just helping them out. You can spend time. You can be generous with your time. And of course, talents. God has given every single one of us qualities and characteristics and talents that we can use for his glory. I remember hearing a story once of, of a teacher in a church. And the last thing they wanted to do was be in Sunday school or kids' church. I was like, why? God has given you that. I didn't say it to them, but my, my heart went, why? God has given you that talent, that ability to communicate with children. Why would you not want to, com to communicate the best message they're ever going to hear? Time. Talents. Dean works in... Uh, hydroelectric power it's a talent it is a talent and who knows the effect Dean has on the people around his world thirdly generous with our thoughts now this is a strange one I, it, it sort of hit me at a, at a, bit of a, a bit of a tangent the Bible says as a man thinks in his heart it says from the innermost being of a man it comes out so I'm going to paraphrase it if you think I'm an idiot, it will be reflected in your attitude towards me. Think about that for a second. I'm sure none of you think I'm an idiot. I'm sure you've all spotted I'm not perfect, but that's fine. I understand that also. Think well of others. Have you ever heard someone say, and I've heard it recently in the media, I wish he'd die. Why? Why would you ever wish that somebody enters eternity before they have chance to meet the King of Kings? Now, if someone wished I would die, that's okay, because I know my future is assured. I'm going to spend eternity in heaven. So if someone wishes me dead, well, okay, I'm, I'm going to see my saviour. But why would you wish anybody who doesn't know Jesus yet death or wish anybody harm? You know, those motorcyclists who run up and down your street on a Sunday afternoon and trying to have a nice little snooze, oh, I wish they'd just fall off. Why? Why would you wish anybody harm? Generous thoughts. And just like wealth, when you're generous with your thoughts, always take a moment to consider what God thinks of that person. That's a leveller. You might think that person, that neighbour who constantly has their TV on till three o'clock in the morning that keeps you awake at night. I've heard there, Ross. What does God think of them? What is God's plan for their life? Are they precious to God? That person who's got a completely different ideology to you that you'll never agree with. It's not about compromise. But what does God think about them? What does God want of them? It's a good thing, particularly in marriage, and I've learned this lesson, sometimes the hard way, 
consider the other person before jumping to a conclusion or before judging. If someone says something to you that you think, well, that's quite hurtful, it's actually quite good to step back and go, well, where did that come from? Where did that comment come from? You meet a colleague tomorrow morning and, and you're bright and breezy, you've had all day in church, you're feeling all ready for the world and someone comes up to you and the first thing they do is swear at you and give you a, a finger sign. Well, where's that come from? Do you understand that person? Do you understand what, what their home life is? What's their weekend been like? Generous with your thoughts. So even before you've reacted with your mouth yourself, you've stopped and gone, hang on a minute, what's, what's in their world that's causing them to react in that way? And as a Christian, how can I be generous, not with just my thoughts, but my time and my talents, maybe even your wealth? How can I be generous to help this person through that moment? A granting leeway. A generous heart, I put here, understands that not everyone is at their best all of the time, myself included. I'm not always at my best. And there are moments when things come out of my mouth before I've really computed them in my brain. I'm sure you all know what I'm talking about. But so it is with others. If I've got generous with my thoughts, I'm less likely to judge people and what comes out of their mouth. And of course, if I'm generous with my thoughts, the next step has got to be generous with my words. It says of Jesus in Matthew 12 that Jesus will not break a bruised reed. And he will not snuff out a smouldering wick. Proverbs says the power of life and death are in the tongue, but who can tame it? Generous with our words. Have you seen somebody and you think they just need a lift up so you encourage them? That's being generous with your words. You say hi, you smile. Ask them how they're doing. You're being generous with your words. You're putting the, the onus on the recipient, not on yourself. How are they feeling? Can I use my words to encourage them? We know that words can destroy. Words can break down. The challenge for us is, what do I want to be known for? Do I want to be known as a person who continually brings people down? I've seen families over the years. I've seen people. I've come into contact. And we even care for a coffee. Lou... My wife, she runs Care for Coffee every week. And there are people in there, particularly some guys, all they've ever heard in their life is, you are useless. People have said that. People have spoken that over life. You are worth nothing. That's words of breakdown. I don't want to be a person like that. I pray that God will help me to be generous with my words to build up. And they come to Arena Church, and one of the first things they say is, your welcome is so good. Culture is deliberate. We are trying we're doing our best to welcome people in. No matter what your background is, people ask us in church, why do you do so much for the poor? Because we can. It goes deep in that. It's because of what Jesus has done in our life. Our generosity is a reflection of what God has done in us. The Bible says in Ephesians 4, speak the truth in love. There's so many people around who want to tell me the truth about me and my faults. But I can tell you, it's not always loving. And I feel it. I f and, and we do feel the, bow, the bites, don't we? And someone pulls us down. Maybe with just cause, maybe without just cause, doesn't matter. Words can destroy. They really can. You don't have to lie. You don't have to tell someone they're brilliant or something if they're not. For instance, there's a good example. You know, our, our Sammy's got the voice of an angel, so we're going to send him on Britain's Got Talent. And every Saturday night we hear some kid who's been told he's a brilliant singer. It sounds more like a cat being spanked with a violin. 
Oh, by the way, Britain's got talent. That's grammatically wrong. You know that, don't you? Britain has talent. Okay? Just to... So next time you watch it, you're going to think of me, aren't you? So next time you watch Britain has talent. But we should be building each other up, not beating each other up. Words. Words can hurt, but actually words can also heal. So be generous with our words. I, I like Barnabas. I love Barnabas, actually, in the New Testament. He was called the son of encouragement. What a name. What a title. And I, I, if, at the very least, when I reach heaven, someone will say, Andy, you're an encouragement to people. You were a faithful servant. I asked you to be an encourager. You were Barnabas, the son or daughter of encouragement. So generous with our wealth, generous with our time and talents, generous with our thoughts and generous with our words. So I'm sure you want to know what happens when we are generous from a heart of gratitude. Hardened hearts will become soft. Even your neighbor who you think hates you, be generous in all ways. I guarantee at some point, they're either going to remember it, but occasionally that shell breaks and you start to get in to who they really are. Forgiveness becomes easier. When you realize how generous God has been to you, and the Lord's Prayer mentioned this morning, forgive us our sins as what? As you, the generous Father, have forgiven us our sins. Mercy flows from the generous. If you're holding things if you're holding bitterness you're not merciful but in a generous spirit mercy flows and in that the bitter will find healing because the bitter have had nothing but knock after knock after knock after wound after wound and they're carrying it but a generous spirit brings healing to the bitter the troubled will find peace the word is generosity but it covers so many characteristics of God so many things we can find through generosity. Sharing becomes commonplace. Because you get to that mindset saying it's not mine, it's yours. And so to guys, when you get to that point of your life saying all I have, even the little you believe you have, living in the 10% richest country in the world, okay, even that little you think you have, God can do so much with it when it comes generously given. The lonely will find company. Some of you here, even in this room, You've had moments of loneliness, but yet, through a generous God, you find connection, you find relationship. The lost will find a home when you're generous. I can tell you, those mean churches I've been to, most of them are empty or closed, and they're certainly closed to outsiders because they've stopped being generous. And the dead find life. The dead find life. John 10, 10, you know this so well. Jesus said, I have come that you might have life, but life in all its fullness. Generosity, generous with our wealth, generous with your time and talents, generous with your thoughts as a battleground, guys. Generous with your words. Let God help you be generous, because he's generous. He's been generous to you, and let's reflect that heart of generosity. So who here, just hands up, who, who likes to experience generosity yourself come on put your hands up if you like you know, I appreciate getting a full, full, uh, full appeal that's great but it leads me into my final sentence Luke 6.31 Jesus said do unto others as you would have them do to you you want generosity be generous okay, let's pray Father we thank you you're such